Welcome to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God. Pastor Larry Sterling, we invite you to join us in a service soon. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We pray that this week's message inspires you to shine the light of Christ to those around you. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. When you find it, stand with me in the reading of the Word. The Bible says, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. We thank you, God, that you are with us in this room. We glorify your name, that Jesus, you today were crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords 2,000 years ago when you ascended to heaven, having defeated death and Satan and all of hell. And you are, you are the glorious one. You are a soon returning king. And we say we worship you and glorify you. And Lord, this day, help us to remember, Lord, the special women in our life, the mothers that are here. And Lord, all those that are able to be with us today, we pray your anointing over them, your love over them, your favor over them today. May the grace of God be upon me that I may speak your word to your children. And Father, we give you glory and honor and praise for what you're going to do. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you want to put your finger in Luke chapter 10, we're going to be there in just a moment. There is, in, in families, I want to tell you, the greatest heritage that you can give to your children is a godly heritage. The heritage of learning and growing and walking with the Lord and understanding where to go when things don't go your way. When things don't happen the way you think they should happen. Life sometimes hits you unexpectedly. Life sometimes surprises you. Life sometimes pushes you in a direction that you, you are not ready for. But I want to tell you, it's the heritage of the Lord that you'll turn back to. It's a life that is lived in Christ and live in your mothers and fathers that have lived it before you, you will go back to the Lord and understand that it was God that was there for you. If you were blessed enough to have a godly mother, what you learned in life is that sometimes things may come crashing down, but Jesus is still king, and you still have a place to go, and you still have an answer for where you are in your life. 
The Bible tells us that Timothy, this, this young man, is a pastor in Ephesus. He's dealing with a significant church there. So, I mean, so significant that it's mentioned all through the New Testament. Acts chapter 19 begins the discussion of, of when Paul shows us where Ephesus has begun and, and shows the, the problems that were there in the church during that time and in the culture of that time. Uh, they, you could you could go deeper into that. I, I don't have time to pull all that out of there, but read Acts chapter nineteen, and you'll see the the issues that were going on in, in that in that church. But Ephesus began in there, and then it goes on. We believe in the book of Paul that Paul wrote the letter to the Ephesians. It was close to his heart, and then he wrote to the pastor of Ephesus, Timothy. It shows you how near and dear this church was to his heart, and it's even mentioned in the book of Revelation in the in the Revelation chapter two, where it talks about one of the seven churches that are named the Church of Ephesus. This was a very powerful, influential church that existed during that day. And Timothy held a large mantle by going into that church and being that church's pastor. And Paul tells Timothy, he says, one thing you've got to remember is the heritage that you have in your being. The heritage of a godly grandmother, of a godly mother that taught you, that showed you how to handle what life is about. You see, they, the Ephesian people, I, I will mention this, they, were, they had a weird idea of, of the, way, the way women were and, and understanding. Has anybody ever uh, seen a comic book hero called Wonder Woman? Okay. She, she is representation of the Greek god Artemis that is found in Acts 19. Her name is Diana. Artemis, Wonder Woman is the same thing. This mighty, invincible women, woman type thing. Well, that was the image that Ephesus had of women. That is, that is that they were the source of life and they were the source of everything. And they had some very unusual belief systems Ephesians did and Paul is telling Timothy he's saying don't look at the culture around you to define look at your mother y'all with me look at your grandmama look at the godly women that were in your life that showed you how to live right that showed you how to work and how to live and how to have faith. How that apparently in the middle of a trial, in the middle of a storm, they knew how to stir up the gift of God. He's reminding them probably there's a, there's a story that's untold in this passage here where they are learning and growing of how to live right before the Lord and how apparently Timothy had witnessed grandma and he's witnessed mother in the middle of the trial of their life stir up the gift of God and what it means to cast out fear and what it means to cast out the spirit of intimidation and operate in power and love and sound mind that it didn't matter what the enemy brought against them Timothy had the example of Christ lived out in front of him through his through his mother and grandmother that it didn't matter what came his way he could remember it is to God I can go to and make it 
I want to tell you ladies today, do not define yourself by the culture that is around you. Define yourself by the one that loves you more than anybody else, and that is Jesus Christ. Don't allow yourself to be fined because this culture has, has taken, and I don't want to go too disgusting, but it has taken the, the things of women and has turned them into something vulgar. I'm telling you, God has something glorious for you, something blessed for you. Don't delve down deep and grub for worms in this culture. Grab a hold of the glorious heritage that God has for you in your life and recognize, do not sell yourself short. God loves you. God cares about you. God has a plan for you. And you do not have to live according to the way this culture tells a woman how to live. You don't have to be this way of promiscuous in order to land a man. God will give you what he wants to give you. God will bless you in your life. God will cover you. God is your champion. God is your king. God is your Lord. Don't listen to the culture. I'm just being blunt with you, all right? I'm just going to move on. I ain't done though. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. But here's the reality. We as a church everywhere have to recognize where women that Jesus loves them in ministry desires them to be leaders, desires them to be part of what the glorious kingdom of God is all about. I I look around this community today, and many of the major churches that are in this community today exist because there were women leaders that came to this community. We have to recognize that God has plans and purposes. This church, in fact, has Sister Norris in our history. 13 years she spent time as the pastor here. 13 years to make certain that this church would become what God wanted it to be. You could talk to some of these older ones around you and tell you the details of all of these things. But this is a heritage here because there's some godly women and men. But today's mama's day, so we're talking about women. Godly women that have helped birth this church into what it is today. Luke chapter 10 tells us this story about Jesus sending the 70 out. Jesus sends them out in the first part of this chapter. And as he begins to show them, he endues them with power. He blows over them. He speaks over them. And he sends them out. And not all that information is here in chapter 10. But it's the essence of what he's done. And Luke chapter 2 says... He needs the harvest, excuse me, 10 too, says the need is truly great. The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord that the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. And he tells them to go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. And then he goes and tells them, the culture out there wants to kill, steal, and destroy you. The culture that's out there wants to crush you. The culture that's out there wants to try to eat you up and spit you out and define you as something else. I want to tell you that God has a plan for you in your life. And if you listen to his voice and listen to his call and listen to his blessing in your life, you will walk in favor. You will walk in anointing. And you will not be shaken by the by the winds of this world, but God will bless you and lift you up out of where you are. 
And so he tells them, he says, you don't need to worry about your needs. Your God is going to supply them. You don't need to worry about power. When you need it, it will come upon you. Whatever city you enter into, bless that city. And when you leave the city, if, if, if they don't want to, if they don't want to receive you, shake the dust off your feet, Matthew says. But in this thing, uh, Luke says, wipe the dust off of you. Basically, he's saying, don't, don't worry about the city. Just do what I told you to do. Be obedient. You see, a lot of times in ministry, things will not make sense, but you've got to do what God tells you to do. Some, a good leader understands that you've got to do what the Lord tells you to do and recognize that there, are, that there will be cities that will come against you. There will be trial. There will be struggle. But God, that is not your duty. That's God's duty. It's what I told you before. We pray for healing. We speak life over somebody. And as much as we want that healing to take place, that's not our job. That's Jesus' job. That's his job to heal. We want them to heal. We want them to do it. We believe by faith. We speak over them. But we preach it. We believe it. We hold to it. And we let God do the rest. It's God's authority. It's God's power. It's God's strength. So we allow this thing over to the Lord. And when you are involved in ministry, you'll see something glorious take place where there were chains and people bound up, where there was trouble and struggle and all around you. You will see that that chains will fall off. And then Jesus has a praise service. And he goes in verse 18, he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And behold, he says, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. I want to tell you today that what the power and the authority that God has for you today in ministry, what he has for you in your life, do not allow the world to pull you down. Don't allow others to say things about you. Listen to the what God calls you. Listen to how Jesus calls you blessed. Listen to him giving you a future and a hope. Listen to him speak blessing over your life. Don't listen to a diagnosis. Listen to the prognosis of the King of Kings and the Lord of lords that you have a hope in Jesus Christ. Mama's your family. I know you may be going through something today, but there's still Jesus in the midst of it all. You are faithful. He will be faithful. You obey. He will do what he said he will do. He is faithful to fulfill the promises that he has spoken over your house and over your life. And you will watch Satan fall like lightning. You will watch those that rise up against you lay down against at the feet of Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, don't listen, don't rejoice over the power, don't rejoice over the gifts, but rejoice that you're headed to a place called heaven. Rejoice that you're headed to a new kingdom whose builder and maker is God. Rejoice that your life is blessed. Rejoice that you're the head and not the tail. Rejoice that you can live gloriously with Jesus Christ and not worry about tomorrow and not worry about fear and not, and don't, and when you need help, 
You can stir up the gift that's inside of you. The enemy may be pouring over you, and you may be down. You may be out. You may be depressed. But I want to tell you today, stir it up. Stir it up. Stir up the gift that's in you. You are blessed. Don't worry about the power. Worry about your name. Know your name is there. Your feet are blessed. Your walk is blessed. Your home is blessed. Your house is blessed. Everywhere you go is blessed because Jesus is beside you. Listen to this and know that Christ is your King and your Lord and trust in Him today. Amen. Don't allow things around you to tell you this is the way it's going to be. No. Rejoice because your name is there. And no matter what happens here, I'm blessed walking this way. Then we recognize. Then Jesus tells a story. Skipping down a little further of the Good Samaritan. Significance of this is Jesus is now expanding the scope of the kingdom of God. And so they are challenging him. Trying to pin him down. And he tells this Good Samaritan story. If you don't, if you know your Bible, you know, understand that the Samaritans were those that were of such that they were, they, they were despised. They were not allowed in the temple. They were not allowed to worship. They were not allowed to participate. They had to be on the outside. They were forsaken. They were forgotten and they were thrown away. And Jesus wanted them home. All you got to do is read John 4 and find that out. He had to go through Samaria because he doesn't want anybody gone. You say, well, my baby's going too far. No, she hasn't. Because Jesus had to go through Samaria. You want my son has, has gotten down too deep in drugs and trouble. No. Why? Because Jesus had to go through Samaria. And he's not leaving anybody behind. And if you need help, he's there. And if you need hope, he's there. You, If you need a rescue, he's real good at pulling people out. If you need strength for the day, he's good at lifting you up and pulling you up and giving you hope in the middle of a storm. I'm telling you, Jesus is there. And he says, the Samaritans are going to be part of my house. The ones nobody wants. The ones nobody wants to have anything to do with. They won't even touch them. They want to be part of them. Jesus says, I want the unlovable. I want the untouchable. I want the ones everybody's thrown away, everybody's given up on, everybody said they're worthless and have no issue, have no hope. Jesus says, watch me when I take them. Watch me when I grab a hold of them. See what I can do with somebody that loves me and somebody that cares for me and how I'll pour out my spirit on them and lift them up and encourage them and strengthen them. Watch what I can do with a heart that desires to be changed. Samaritans are part of the kingdom of God. All the outcasts are part of the kingdom. Then Luke does something scandalous here. There's this little story that we hear in Sunday school about Mary and Martha sandwiched at the end of this book, at the end of this chapter. And I want to tell you, you need to read it again because we're going to read it now. The Bible says, the Bible says at the very end of this in verse 38, 
Remember, all the ministry has taken place. Samaritans have come in. Verse 38, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Notice something here. Martha has a house. This is big stuff. Women didn't own homes back then. We have no idea about whether she had a husband. We just know her sister lives there with her in this context. We know later in Luke or John that Lazarus was there too. But this is her house. And so we go on. And she had a sister, verse 39, named a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Look at this with me. She had a sister called Mary who also sat. What does that mean? That means Martha and Mary sit at Jesus' feet. That's scandalous. It's just as scandalous as the Samaritan coming home. Women were not allowed to sit at a rabbi's feet and listen to the gospel message. And Jesus said, I feel God. These women are part of my kingdom. They sit at my feet. Don't let anybody take you away from the feet of Jesus. Don't let a man take you away from the foot of Jesus. Don't let culture take you away from the foot of Jesus. You have an open opportunity to sit at the master's feet. This culture tried to keep them away, and Jesus said, no, 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 no. Samaritans, they're coming in. The 70 went out. Satan's fallen like lightning, and Jesus wants his Marys back. Watch with me as we read further. The Bible says, but Martha was distracted in this particular story, verse 40, with much serving. And as she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care? My sister has left me to serve alone. Therefore, tell her to help me. Of the 34 times this Greek word for serving, notice what Martha's doing. Verse 40. Of the 34 times this Greek word for serving is used in the New Testament, this is the only time it's translated serving. Do you know what it's translated the vast majority of the 75 or 80% of the time? Ministry. Let me just... Martha, the serving that is being implied here is not that she's in the kitchen distracted putting together cookies and cupcakes and cooking dinner for all the men folk in the other room. And Mary's over here sitting at Jesus' feet. Martha's mad. That's what I've heard in Sunday school. That's not what the text says. Martha is busy doing ministry. And she's distracted because apparently she's very successful. 
And she's looking at Jesus. She comes through and she's looking at Jesus. And whatever ministry, notice that the good works of a woman, I read them in Proverbs 31, probably alms, probably doing many things in the community. She is busy because she's in demand at this moment. She is much busy, Jesus said, the text says. And she walks by and there's her sister. And her sister just like, well, Jesus is here, Martha. We can do all that later. I want to sit here right now. And Martha's frustrated. Martha's frustrated at Mary because she's sitting at Jesus' feet. And Jesus answers her, answers Martha's question. Martha, Martha. Now notice, he says her name twice because he loves her deeply. He says her name twice because he cares about her. He says, you are worried and troubled about many things. Martha, you've got a lot of things on your plate. You've got a lot of things you're dealing with, Martha. I know that. I understand what you're going through. I understand what you're facing. And he's telling her, he says, verse 42, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. And this is the point of this story in this text, how scandalous it is. He's telling Martha, he's saying, listen, Martha, you're going to be busy. There will always be poor. There will always be trouble. There will be always be time that you have to serve. There will always be time that you'll be involved in ministry. There will always be things that you will have to do. But you need to sit at my feet. You have to sit at my feet. You have to be in my presence. Don't allow the things of the world to pull you away from the things. Uh, don't, don't even allow the good things, the ministry, the things that you are doing to be so caught up in, involved in, that you stop sitting at my feet. Why? Because he's your first love. He's your first love. He was the one that captured your heart before anybody else captured your heart. He's the one that spoke into your soul and spoke life into your body. Woman and, and, and women and Mary and Martha and all of us here together. He was the first one that set your soul ablaze with his vest, his glorious love, his presence, his care, his anointing in your life. I'm telling you the day that I was saved, I know I got saved because I know I was different from what I was when I got up. I put my knee to the ground and when I got up things look different blues look bluer greens look greener why Jesus did something inside of me he captured my soul he captured my heart I tell you every man woman and child in this room Jesus has a plan for you he has a purpose for you but do not be distracted by the things of this world in much serving recognize you still gotta be in his feet you still gotta sit down and worship the king you still gotta spend time knowing how good he is and recognize later on in another gospel story Mary is comfortable at his feet she doesn't care she'll even start cleaning his feet with his with her hair and wiping them with his with her tears why not because she was the one called in adultery that's a whole 
another woman. This is Mary realizing it was my Savior that brought me into this room. It was my Savior that put me in a place where I could be. It was my Savior that told me that I can be and be something in the kingdom of God. And it was my Savior that rescued me and broke my chains and allows me to come boldly to the throne room of grace. And I don't need to wait on any man to pray with me. I can run to Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, and I can be free, I can be whole, I can be well. Oh, you got to get this today. You see, in the temple in those days, there was a woman part of the temple, and they weren't allowed in the men part of the temple where all the action took place. Jesus says, I don't care about any kind of barriers. I don't care about any of these things. I want every woman in the world that knows that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords to run, to run to his feet, to run to the foot of the cross, to run to him, and don't allow the world to define you, but let Jesus tell you, I love you. 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 I'll help you in the middle of your storm. I'll rescue in the middle of the night trial. I am your king. I am your Lord. And I have a plan and a purpose for you to give you that future and hope. Bless the Lord this morning. We, we hear today as we listen to the voice of God, Mary, gives us all an example of how and why we should spend time with Jesus. Because we recognize that his good plan, Galatians says, there's no Greek or Jew or male and female. He's broken down. We're all one in Christ. I feel the spirit of God in this place. Mama, you are a treasured vessel in the kingdom of God. He made a way for you. He made a way for you. Oh, you got to receive that. You didn't have a way. And he created. He made a way for you. You weren't allowed in, but he broke. He's like that construction. He took the bulldozer and broke through everything that would keep you away from him out of his way. And he made the way for you to run into his presence. That when you know that you need him, you don't need to call a pastor. You don't need to call anybody else. You can grab a hold of the name of the hand of Jesus at 3 a.m. in the morning and cry out to him and say, Lord Jesus, save my son. Lord Jesus, be with my family. You don't need anybody else. You've got your own access to the very throne of God. You are blessed, Mama. You are blessed, woman of God. You are blessed because Jesus is your king. Because Jesus is your Lord. Because Jesus has your back in the midst of everything in your life. And as we finish this morning, the word of God tells us one thing. Years later, very much years later, we find it intriguing. At least I do. 
I mentioned it earlier, Revelations 2. Revelation 2. Jesus has one thing against the church of Ephesus. He says, I know your works and your labor and your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil, and you have tested those who say that are apostles and are not, and found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you left your first love. What does he say? You got to get back to my feet. You can't be like Martha doing much serving and neglect the feet of Jesus. You got to sit right there. I'm telling you, it's like the airplane video that they tell you that scares the daylights out of you. Put your mask on first, then put the mask of your children on. You don't know what I'm talking about. Don't worry. If this plane goes down, no. You got to put your mask on, then your kids. Let me tell you, before you can help anybody, mother, you got to breathe in his presence. Mm. You got to sit here at his feet. And then when you get up, they will call you blessed. They'll call you favored. They'll call you anointed. They'll call you one of love of God. You cannot neglect the feet of Jesus. And he says, Remember I told you this is Ephesus. They had this unusual thing about women. Remember that? And this view of Wonder Woman that we kind of understand today. Verse 7. Revelation 2, 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Why do they fall? Because Eve was deceived, the Bible says. And now Jesus says, hold on. I'm even going to undo that. I'm going to give you the ability to eat of the tree of life. You thought the world had collapsed. You thought the world destroyed you. Jesus says, you find your first love, you find my feet, you be like Mary, and you won't let anybody take you away from his feet. Nobody, not your husband, not your children, not anybody. You stay at his feet. You stay in the shelter of God. You stay in the presence of the Lord tell you, you will rise with eagle's wings. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not faint. You will be blessed coming in and blessed going out. You will conquer. 
you will be like Deborah of the Old Testament. You'll be like Esther in a moment of trial. You'll be like Hannah and not accepting the reality of the situation. You'll be like Mary and realize that generations shall call you blessed. Why? Because you stayed at his feet. Nothing took you away from him. That is your hope today. That is who that is who's going to rescue you. Mothers, we need you. We need you. The kingdom longs for you. And we desire to see God working through you. Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God and Pastor Larry Sterling. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.